0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here, of course, with my co-host. Hello, everybody. It is me, Ze Caleb. And, of course, we want to start the episode off strong. We want to go ahead and do our patron shout-outs. So, a huge thank you, of course, to Austin Johnson, Kane, Martin, Myth Oceanus, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, A.D., Aaron Gardner, Anthony Lila, Damian Zink, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. If you want to get your name in that shout-out and support the podcast, you can find the link to our patron in the description below. We also want to, of course, ask you to please follow us on Twitter for awesome, awesome quick reactions, get the be in the know on when things are happening quicker. And of course join our Discord for even quicker no, no, even quicker news. Be sure to join our Discord. You can talk to us there. We have a great marketplace where people can trade and get stuff, sell stuff, whatever you need to do. We have great different channels for talking about everything from Yu Gi Oh! meta discussion, alternate format discussion. You can talk about off topic things. We have anime, sports, books, video games. We have channels for everything. Come in, hang out, and we appreciate you coming in. But more than anything, we do appreciate you listening to today's episode of the podcast. And we have a special guest here today with us. So, Mr. Benji, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Benji. I'm a Yu-Gi-Tuber. I have a channel called Legacy Crusaders, where I do how-to-plays and uh, ruling videos. Uh, How-to-plays are just I bring on someone who knows how to play a deck. They tell me what to do over a few games on YGO Pro. I do what they say. And I try and do what you, the audience, might want to do and ask the questions that um, anyone who doesn't know how to play the deck um, would do. So people tell me what to do. I ask questions. We make plays. And we play uh, a few matches. Wow, I did this really awkwardly (laughs) um we play a few matches and i try and ask questions that you might have while getting some in-game live decision making uh i've done a bunch of these with a whole bunch of people you may have seen before mbt pack uh aerosol tcg i'm doing one with soon 037 wolf the synchro guy um we'll be doing one soon so those are always popping up all the time
0: are there any in particular that you would recommend any archetypes maybe any particular videos that you think or maybe even really relevant right now.
2: Um, relevant right now. I haven't done anything other than flow under recently for the current meta decks. Um, I'm still looking on getting people for sword soul and what else is being played now. Oh, I did phantom Knights recently, but it was prior to the DPE thing coming out. So oh, there are always updates coming out when new decks, uh, come out, new cards come out, you know, redo old videos. Um, I've like pretty popular videos on like how inspector border works and, uh, and goes and match rivalry, the warlords, uh, magical meltdown. People have no idea how that works. Um, yeah. So there's like a lot of videos like that on my channel. You can find all over the place.
0: Um, gotcha. so that will lead us a little bit into today's discussion in today's main segment. So today, so, okay. So this episode will be releasing on the, uh, Friday before the Remote Dual YCS. So this whole episode will release on December the 10th, which is either right at or right, before, right after maybe the deadline to register for the Remote Dual YCS. So we wanted to take this time to to talking about the Remote Dual YCS and trying to give all of our listeners the best opportunity, if they're participating in the YCS, to really understand the meta and know what's going on. Now, what I will say is, if you're participating in an event the size of a YCS, sure, it's always good to enter events to get a feel for playing in competitive play, but I would say that if you don't have a great handle in the meta, you're maybe making sure your remote dual setups are, are good, making getting a feel for your deck, I might recommend participating in these side events. There will be multiple win of cards, there will be multiple win mats, there will be structure deck challenges, things of that sort, which are all... Wonderful learning resources and learning tools, and you do not have to enter the main event to participate in those side events. In addition to that, I would say that if you're participating in the main event, you probably need to already have a better handle on the meta than listening to a podcast the day before the event. But maybe if you're Already fairly in tune with the meta, know a lot about what's going on, but maybe you've been busy for the last week or two, you haven't seen maybe the newest developments or things like that. We're going to try to bring you up to speed and to make sure that you're going into this as prepared as you can possibly be. Because at the end of the day, it can't hurt to have extra information. Maybe you're really in tune with the meta, and there's just like one thing that happened at a regional this past weekend that maybe you missed. So, more information is almost never a bad thing, in my opinion, anyway. Not at all. So, yeah, the um, more you know, the better you can do. Exactly. Now, I will say we also don't know everything about the meta. This will not be a perfect representation of what you can expect to see. This will not be a perfect description of the YCS and what will happen because, at the end of the day, we just don't know. Uh, we could go into this YCS and eight of the top 32 could be Madolce. We don't know. I, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying it's a bad deck. I'm not saying that, but I would doubt very seriously that, that happened, but I'm just saying it, it absolutely insane. Things could happen at any point. So take what we say with a bit of a grain of salt, but understand that we're, we're saying the things we say to try to help prepare people for this tournament. And like I said, at, any prep is better than no prep. So, and also, this may or may not also be a refresher for me because I've been really busy the last couple of weeks. So, um, but thank you everybody for being here. Let's talk a little bit about the YCS. So, this will be a remote dual event happening this weekend on December 11th and 12th. Now, they'll play out all of day one and all of day two up through top 32. So, once they get to Top 16, though, they're going to end the event, and Top 16 will take place the weekend after YCS Pasadena. So, we won't actually have a winner determined for a little while, but we will have some kind of... Uh, some, we'll have something to gauge to understand what's been successful. So, without further ado, I'm going to throw it to you two because I've been talking a lot. (laughs) I'm going to throw it to the two of you, and I'm going to ask each of you to give me a different deck that you think will be maybe either highly represented or, if not highly represented, have a large impact on the tournament itself.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, Probably Lyralisk Tri Brigade. Uh, I feel like that
2: board is so solid. I
1: was about to say... And that, like not only is that board super solid, if your if your opponent isn't able to out out the Depends on which board you have, like PU end on the um, what's well,
2: the board mostly? It's Apex Avian behind a Samorg with um, a utopic Draco Future. Multi um, and like
1: a three to four material uh, ensemble. Yeah,
2: uh, double dragon lords and potentially in graveyard the spell trap negate, the uh, double the triburgate oath. That's yeah. like that's just too many cards to cover, and like no hand trap is like good enough to actually stop the board from being made. I feel like you need to like have two, and they have to be like really high impact, like nib and like uh, something. I don't know <laughs> that yeah, board just probably really crazy.
0: like a or imperm for their tribe brigade effect. Yeah, but like like the issue with uh, nib though is that
1: you can is that nib doesn't really do enough, uh, particularly if they open up with base. Basically uh for Actal plus uh cobalt sparrow because the cause then if you nib right when you can nib, they'll still get uh, a search off on top of that, plus all the searching they've already done.
0: Yeah, so you have to be kind of careful about where exactly you do it.
1: But the, but the issue though is that if is that there's one spot there are two two summons where you can nib them. The summon of the second exceed monster to stop that search, but then they'll still get a search. Because then they're just gonna immediately over, immediately detach to do get two searches. And then overlay into Draco, which you have to, which you have to, which if you don't nib there, they have uh, F zero. You top it, Draco Future, to stop the to stop the nib
0: at that point.
2: So I guess nibbing, right. nibbing nib like a Veiler or an Imperm should also be able to break the board at the very end. I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah but even then, it's kind of crusty because, yeah. yeah, the point is relying on multiple hand traps is just kind of well. Like I said, it's kind of crusty.
1: And then something else that people real that I well, I haven't seen anybody talk about people people are probably talking about, I just don't realize it. Um is that if your opponent isn't out of the smorg in their in phase, you can special summon Ensemble not some blue, uh, Celestine Wagtail and search Bird Strike. Yeah. And then just immediately
0: Bird Strike. And Dark Roller, basically. Just dark Ruler your opponent that you just searched out. Right. I think that um specifically the the Lirilush Tri Brigade deck is a really interesting choice going into this tournament because as good as that deck is, I don't think people are necessarily... Okay, I'm going to say this. People are going to think I'm crazy. I don't think that deck is getting as much discussion and as much hype as some other decks in the format. Specifically, when you think about the format and the way people are talking about it, people are talking a lot about things like Sword Soul or even Fluanderees because they're newer. Mm-hmm. But They're don't shinier. right. Don't let a deck like Bird Up surprise you because it's if it's not the best deck in the current format, it's the second or third best. It's it's really it really is a very very good deck, so it's not to be underestimated.
2: So, Sword Soul's been on a slight decline recently, right? I think like prices have been dropping, people have been moving it a little bit. I think it's not as auto win as people thought it might be at the beginning.
0: Not that it's right. bad in any way. I also don't know necessarily that the build is completely figured out. I, I think that I think that Sword Soul has room to grow. I mean, Personally. part of that is because it
1: is so new. Um, I mean, because like we, because there might be like this one little card somewhere hidden in someone's basement that they go through the stuff, rediscover, and be like, wait, this is stupid
0: in Sword Soul. That card was Arch Nemesis Protos. There you go! <laughs> <know. laughs> That card was Arch-Nemesis Protos. So, Protos is really a crazy card. Um, for those that don't know, Arch-Nemesis Proto says, Cannot be normal summon set. Must first be special summoned from your hand by banishing three monsters with different attributes from your graveyard and or face-up field. Cannot be destroyed by card effects. You can declare one monster attribute on the field. Destroy all monsters on the field with that attribute. Also, until the end of the next turn... Neither player can special summon monsters with that attribute. You can only use this effect once per turn. So essentially what you can do is you can banish three worms. It doesn't have to be worms. Wow. It can just be three monsters with different attributes from your graveyard or face up field and summon him. And he is a worm. So he is searchable within the deck. So being able to just go straight into this guy, it's really good. Uh, Searching him out, going into it and um, being able to lock your opponent out of a mechanic, especially if your opponent's playing a deck like bird up or something of the sort where they're all wind or whatever. It's yeah. really good. It's um, really good against all dark decks like uh,
2: phantom Knights because protoss itself is dark. So it, you can always declare dark whether or not you have other monsters on the field. You can call wind. If you have the Florida Lee, uh, not Florida uh, Baron de floor on the field to stop the bird deck. Um, and you yep. can also call. What's the other one that's usually on the field? You can call Light and just stop Drytron. The deck has like two main deck win conditions versus Drytron, between Trota, uh, Protos calling Light to pop the cheese out, or uh, yeah. going into chow Fang with a Baxia and uh, an Edhara. Yeah,
0: you can even go into like a Draco Berserker and do Dark. You can go into Adamant risen Dragite and do Water, should you need to. Yeah, I mean, you really do have like a lot of options. Uh, is there any attribute that isn't mained in the deck already? um fire would be kind of difficult to get to okay you definitely like, keep your long young on the field he's dark right he's fire right actually yeah you're right never uh, mind earth would be difficult to get to but what all earth decks are you seeing these days it isn't long one earth he's fire he's fire because he um,
2: i'm sure some of the 10 years must be if you leave the monk on the field maybe monk is earth um no wait yeah, yeah Monk no, is, earth.
1: is yeah shaman's
0: fire shaman's fire yeah yeah, I mean, because like the only Earth deck I know of is Medolce. Wow, this deck literally hits every attribute. That's well, crazy. Kratos
2: is just a crazy card, and just the fact that you can search it in this deck with like any card in the deck is why it's so broken. You know, every card goes into Chizou. Chizou searches Emergence, I think, is the one that searches cards. And yes. Yeah. If you can, if you control a Synchro, you can search any Worms. And just in the process of doing the combos, you tend to get three different attributes in the graveyard through the Tenyi plays,
0: at least. Right, right. Because uh, I mean, the tenies are all different. I mean, the tenies and the um, the swords monsters are all different attributes. So,
1: yeah. But I mean, like ju- I mean, like just summoning this, like even just like going second and then going through your combo and then summoning this thing, it forces a response, right? But just it just by its very nature of existence, yeah. Um, which is which is actually amazing, especially if you follow it up with after like oh. After like uh, hitting your opponent with a uh, kaiju monster, not necessarily the kaiju's, but a kaiju like right, kaiju lava golem, uh, sphere mode, volcanic queen. If you're whatever, art. yeah, I just call the whole person. Just call the whole class monster the kaiju's. Yeah, like if you kaiju your opponent, they get rid, they get rid of one, get, that gets rid of one negate, and then you just pop pop pop. That forces another negate if they have it. Uh, Swordsoul
2: okay. mostly just plays like Droplet, and they try and out things with their own cards, right? I think they play evenly. There's like a going second version of the deck. There's like a Tenny version. There's some versions that are playing more pure, but they also like play Phoenix Enforcer, right? Um, which like well, combos the, with
0: Ecclesia. I was just about to say, yeah, the pure version is interesting because it does combo with Ecclesia. So, but i personally, I found in my builds that the pure version is really rough because you run into a shortage of Worm monsters. And sometimes it's just good to have worms to reveal for Mo Yi and banish for Taiye and discard for Long Wan and it's just there's too much synergy there to ignore in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, I think another oh. card they're recently like testing is like um, the Heavenly Dragon Circle. Um,
0: I've never even heard of that card.
2: It's a Tenyi card where you tribute a worm, and if it was a vanilla, you can special summon a worm from your deck. And oh, that's right, that's right,
0: that's right. I think yeah. it's
2: used to uh, uh, it's used to play around certain types of cards. I'm not sure exactly which ones, but uh, it seems pretty cool.
0: yeah, so if your opponent activates for example, you normal summon Tae, activate Tae, banish a worm, and your opponent activates something like effect Veiler, you can chain heavenly dragon cycle, tribute your Tae, search a long wand and still have your. Tie, I mean, still have your uh token.
2: Oh, I think you tribute the the tie to um add or special like Zathana, the, the water tengy. Oh yeah. And then it goes in with the uh token into the cheese out. So that's some of the reasons sure, I play
1: yeah. the water Yeah, and sometimes. you can have your token and your synchro too with that.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> have your yeah. cake and eat it too for sure. So we got the um we talked about bird up. With Benji, was there a deck specifically that you wanted to mention, Caleb? Or was Sword Soul the deck? Uh,
1: let's see. Bird Up, Sword Soul. Uh, I mean, those are the two main ones that I think are going to do incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still going to be seeing Drytron as it's always just going to be there. Right. Just in the background.
2: Yeah, you got to respect yeah. it a little bit. If you just let it go first and just lose the dice roll and don't play droll, you're just going to lose. Uh, yeah. At I least there's a deck that, around to keep it in
0: check. <laughs> I think it's really interesting, though, that how much Drytron has seemingly fallen off in the meta. Because, in my opinion, anyway, it's still a pretty good deck. Uh, I mean, it's not quite as oppressive as it was three months ago, but still really good. Oh yeah, no, no,
1: it's still very a very oppressive deck. Um, I think it's because I think part of its downfall now is entirely to do with the whole more people are probably running stuff specifically for Drytron.
0: So people are rolling back on their on playing Drytron for now. I think it's not even that. I think it's less that I think Drytron being less prevalent in the meta is making people play less things for Drytron. That's but fair. when you think about the boards being made, people are just I mean Let's look at the current format. You've got Bird Up making boards like we described earlier. With Double Dragon Lords, with the, maybe even a Barrier Statue or whatever. Or Apex Avian, rather. It's probably Apex Avian, actually. So, like, Apex Avian, Double Dragon Lords, some Blue Robin, and uh, Utopic Draco Future.
1: And a karis, but...
0: And, a, and probably a, some war. Honestly, too. Yeah, the Smorg Link, and then, like, karish
1: is chilling. Right, so... you yeah, just
0: have that beast on the field. Yep, yeah. So, with all of that, that's a big, impressive board. And that's not even counting whether or not they have an awesome Blue Robin. So, you've got that, you've got Sword Soul, making boards of Baron, Chi maybe another one, maybe a Protos, whatever. Maybe a Blackout. Right, Maybe and then a you've Dragoon, got, um, not a Dragoon, maybe a DP. Right. Then you've got decks like Drytron building their usual board. So when you have all of these board breaker decks, it causes a format where people are already running extra dark. They're running their dark rulers. They're running their droplets. They're running this, they're running that, and they're running everything specifically for these giant build-a-board decks. And I think that with the Eva to one and Ben 10 being at one still kind of causes a situation where Drytron is just being kind of hit by proxy. You know, they're, they're being sided against because people are siding against for these other decks and it just makes things more difficult for them. So I, that might be something to do with it. It's not something that I've ever really thought about before, literally just now, but that's what would make sense to me anyway.
2: Well, I don't know how many, how much people are that concerned about the one EVA thing. I know the boards have changed up a bit. Uh, some of them are on like a Scythe package. Um, Scythe DPE is being prop- popular in both Drytron and Phantom Knights. Um, so that's like one of the board states that they have now. There's been a couple of boards that have been making um, Beatrice to Mill Imperial Order and then going into like Aurora Dawn, summoning tokens and setting Imperial Order from the Graveyard. Ah, right, right. Because then they can like use their Herald of Ultimateness for like two monster negates, and then also have Imperial Order for all the spells.
0: Right, right. The thing that's interesting to me is how much of the Dagda Scythe DPE we will see, because when you really think about it, it's very good, but. In certain situations, does it take away from what else you could possibly have on your end board by having to link up into the site, into the Dagda?
2: I feel like PK doesn't make Appaloosa so much anymore.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good point.
2: But also, do they, did they ever really need Appaloosa? There's already, like, two Fogblades on board. Um, uh, they used to have to choose between, like, going Verte or a bigger Appaloosa um, with, like, the Utopic Draco future.
0: Right. Um, so now instead of going Appaloosa, they can just have their fog blades, and they can go into Dag to set a scythe, and then go into a verte, and have DPE. They also get like two shots
2: at popping the scythe. Right. Because um, they're trying to like pop it the first time with the uh, rusty bardish using a uh, break sword. Yeah. Then I think they can use DPE to pop the. Uh, they can pop it with DPE. And I think there's like a weird play where you can pop the Dagda, which also works. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah there's also, have you heard about the the DD Crow play on Drytron? Another reason people might not play Drytron. Uh, um,
0: no, what are you talking about?
2: So when they summon Enforcer and they activate its effect to destroy itself and uh, they activate the effect to summon it during the next turn, yeah. if you just DD Crow the Enforcer, they're forced to resolve the... Uh, DPE, and they have to summon one of the Hero Bricks. Yeah, And if they do, they can't activate any Drytrons on the following turn.
0: Oh, that's true. I hadn't even considered that. Because they're all nor- normal
2: summonable monsters, that, and they get special summons, so you, they get locked out of uh, summoning Drytrons. if you manage to play like DD Crow or Called By, like a good moment against that deck.
0: That's true, that's true. Also, this is a very funny tech that I am stealing from a streamer, and I am, I'm running it because it's very cool. Uh, I'm taking one monster reborn. In your sword soul yep. deck, um, in whatever deck I end up playing, because I'm still undecided. So, but probably sword soul, yeah. So I understand that they already have the sword soul sacred summit, but monster reborn specifically causes basically that interaction with DPE if they don't specifically use it on scythe. Because I think Scythe locks you out of special summoning, or only from the extra deck. Uh, Scythe locks you out of the extra deck. So, if you, they use the Scythe, if they use DPE, I can Monster Reborn bring back their DPE as long as I keep it until their turn. They're forced to. Um, they're forced to summon yeah. back, like a Dasher or a Celestial or something, and they can't get the Celestial effect.
2: Oh, if they summon the Dasher, they can just let it die and then use Celestial.
0: I mean, yeah, they could, but... then they, have to, they still have to get it back to the graveyard, you know? Yeah. And then I gain a free Interruption on my next turn.
2: Yeah, it's, it's always unfortunate, though, having your opponent's DPE, because, you know, the moment they kill it, they get it back, which is always uh, upsetting.
0: Yeah, but I mean, better to get some use out of it myself than let them just get the constant use out of it, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure there's scenarios where you can't lose with the DPO on the field even if it's not yours and you're not destroying it itself.
0: Yeah. It's I mean it's a good card either way. So. Um a deck that I think we might see a good amount of that I don't know that everybody will be prepared to see. Um I think Virtual World is still a very real deck. I think it's still a lot better than people realize. And yes, it does have a tendency to be a little bit bricky, but that's fine because it's still really good.
1: I know if they don't brick, you're going to have a rough time, buddy.
2: Right now, and, my virtual world video is like my most watched video in terms of like recent views. So like people are really looking at it. I feel like people are waiting for the reprints from the tins to pick it up for some reason. Not sure why. It was never that expensive of a deck. but Right.
0: Uh, I mean, I think Everyone's the Lulus were
1: expensive, that. and that's
0: about it. Lulus were like 15 to 20 but I mean,
2: yeah, now sure. they're like 5 And you could have picked up the rest of the deck for pennies, and now even the Lulus are pennies. Um, right. It's essentially a budget deck. I don't think anything in there is particularly expensive.
1: Um, if you're doing the Dragoon package... I
2: don't think anyone actually plays it anymore. I feel like most people are on Kaliga.
1: Yeah, but I mean... But, I mean, I think that's like the one, the only card in the entire deck that's expensive is if you're running literally Dragoon because you can sink, you can fusion summon it with a Muddy Mud Dragon.
0: Yeah. So, that's some of the decks that we're looking forward to seeing. Um, vert, I mean, those aren't the only decks you're going to see, obviously, but you'll also see Phantom Knights. You'll also see, you might see some Hero. Um, but I mean, realistically, the top 32 will probably be like 10 plus different decks, right? Easily. Striker with DPE has been played a bit.
2: Uh, Dragons yeah. is still playable, although I think Dragons have some bad matchups this format.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think Dragons are ma- are probably the best mid-range deck in the format, but when you look at the decks building the boards that they're currently building, it's kind of crusty.
1: crustier than uh, a restaurant that
0: uh I don't know where you're going with this analogy. Me neither.
1: <laughs> I was going to make a SpongeBob reference and it didn't work.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> crustier than restaurants under the sea.
1: Yeah. So crustier than the Crusty Crab or
2: In so, both Dogmatica might see a lot of play. A lot of people didn't have access to
0: Dogmatica cards before. That's but very true. Do. And not only that, um, people do love normal summoning Alistair, but I think the real thing to watch out for with that deck is DPE sends that deck over the top. That deck is actually like insane with DPE in my opinion. Anyway, I think DPE is everything that that deck was missing. Um, I don't know if I'd go
2: that far. I mean, it definitely helps having just like a, it's like a really good deck to just like activate uh, fusion destiny. Yeah, you know, magical meltdown. You can't negate this. Um, uh, especially since, you know, hard drawing the card is actually so good now compared to like Red Eyes Fusion where you can't draw the card. You draw the card. Everything gets messed
0: up. Right, right. Um, so oh, I'm going to take just a quick moment here to sit, give a quick word from our sponsor. So we are going to say a huge thank you to ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana for sponsoring the podcast. We are, of course, having our ETB Battle City Day here at the shop on December the 18th, so that will be eight days from the time of this release. If you are anywhere within a three- to four-hour drive, please come check it out. You can always hit up Caleb or myself to... You know, hit up Caleb or myself to get the address to come check it out and come see. If you're not within three to four hours, be sure to check out the TCG Player link in. Not, oh, I'm sorry, it won't be a TCG Player. It'll be the ETB store link in the description down below. They do sponsor our podcast. They're very cool. They're a wonderful place to get all of your whatever you need: singles, sleeves, accessories. Uh, you can get D and D books. They have a huge figurines, and tabletop uh, support system there. Uh, you can get magic, Pokemon, whatever you need. They can help you out. So check out ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana for all of your nerdy hobby needs, basically. um, So past this, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the specific cards and techs that we might see in... This event so specifically, I think that like we've discussed already quite a bit. I think DPE is the card of choice. I-, I think Dragoon has just been completely phased out. As crazy as that sounds, I'm not saying you won't see a Dragoon. I mean, it's still a very good Yu-Gi-Oh card um, in the eyes of many people. Dragoon is still better than DPE.
1: I mean, it's an Omni
0: negate versus a pop. Well, I mean, it's an Omni negate with a potential pop two burn. For a gajillion yeah. damage, but then
1: also mm-hmm. get big body on board to gorilla fist.
0: Yeah, yeah it can so. be a one card OTK. It's uh, it's pretty wild sometimes. It absolutely can be. Trust me, I know it happened to me last weekend. It. So, um, Dragoon is still a very good Yu-Gi-Oh card, and I'm not saying you won't see it. Don't go in there saying ah, I play Dragoon. Dragoon's bad now uh, because that's that's just false. There will be people there playing Dragoon.
1: Those of you who say that are
0: probably going to get slapped by a Dragoon. At some point. More than likely, yes. For your hubris. <laughs> so, be on the lookout for Dragoon, but I would say that DPE is probably the more prevalent card that you'll see at the event itself. Because, guess what? It's still really good. So And it's new. It is still very new, yes. So... Be on the lookout for DPE, and specifically, when you see your opponent going into a Dagda and you have a Veiler in hand, maybe think about that. Because uh, getting scythe locked, it's not fun.
1: Unless you're literally Floanderees, in which case you kind of don't care.
0: Yeah, if you're playing Floanderees at the event, um,
1: let him, just let them resolve the scythe. Let them think they're doing something.
0: Yeah, yeah it'd be funny. <laughs> so, what are some other cards past DPE? That the two of you are looking to see teched into at this event. Maybe um, something that you're not really anticipating a lot of people to be expecting when they're playing the event. Small world. Small world is a good Yu Gi Oh card. Yeah, keep Smart in mind, world. there's. Keep in yeah, mind. We... <laughs> Go yeah. Ahead.
1: Uh, so keep in mind that if you activate Small World, you can Ash it. Yep. There is no cost involved in that card. True. If you ash it, they don't reveal anything. Nothing gets banished. It just immediately goes to the graveyard, and that's the end of the chain.
0: So um, that would be something to look out for. What were you saying a second ago, Ben? Uh, nothing in particular, just that the card's
2: uh, really solid. Added a lot of starters to a lot of decks. I think uh, Tri-Brigade, Lira Lesker on it, um, Medulce, I heard, had that successful, uh, I don't know, if it was a regional top.
0: Uh, yeah, I got first at a regional.
2: Yeah, I feel like I've seen it more than once now.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's really good in Madolce. Yeah, oh. uh, I think,
1: or, or I think uh, right before I came over came over to Sunny's to record, I saw a TCG player article where they were mentioning four decks that just can just abuse a uh, small world. What were they? Uh, I don't know because I didn't actually read the article. But in the picture, they had a Madolche card. They had a Magellan,
0: and Nerville. Well, I mean that covers the decks we talked about,
1: and also, uh. The Sea Lancer uh,
0: Lancer Dragoon. Sea Lancer Dragoon. It's not the
1: name of it. Atlantean Dragoons. Oh, Atlantean Dragoons? Yeah.
0: Oh, I guess Mermail could abuse that card. Like the Mermail generic water deck? I guess. The deck, though, that I saw that abused it, that I thought was really cool, was Farfa built an Ad Emancipator deck running it. Oh, because they're all rocks with different stats nib gets you into everything in that deck yeah
1: because it's a rock yes and it's
2: light and like a high level with weird yes. stats compared to everything else so yeah it's a it's a good connector
0: yep so you can grab one of your like random rock cards because you run like 13 like kawakimaru guardians kawakimaru suppliers doki doki whatever you can grab you can reveal one of those reveal nibiru from the deck and get into one of your tuners just
1: literally grab whatever other rock monster in the deck you want at that point.
0: Pretty much, yeah. It, it's really good. Also, you're main decking Nibiru, so if you go second, you know, bam, drop a rock on him.
1: Yeah. And of course, you're running multiples, so you still have the one in your hand.
0: Right. So Nibiru is a great, great uh, in between in Adamanticipator for that. So. um, Kind of like, yeah, yeah. it's it's similar to
1: Pankertops as an in between uh, in a Medolce.
0: Yeah, it, it's an Earth with nothing else in common. It just works for everything. So, um, Small World is a good choice. Uh, ben, is there, is there a card in particular that you're looking at that you're like, you could definitely see this card? Oh, yeah, uh, the new King of the Sky Prison thing is pretty,
2: or uh, whatever it's called, uh, Lord of this I'm Heavenly Prison. Oh, so,
0: so glad that you brought that up. Yes, Lord of the Heavenly Prison is insane. I think uh, I we just didn't saw. talk about Eldritch at all, but that card, that tech's good. Oh yeah, you can put it in Eldritch. Um,
2: that card can go in Guru, no problem. Yep. You just activate a trap on your opponent's turn, set uh, Extrav on the next turn. I feel like it's pretty common.
0: So I'm going to read that card for those that don't know what it does, because this card's insane. Um, so it's a level 10 dark rock effect monster, 3,000 attack, 3,000 defense. During your main phase, you can activate this effect. This card in your hand becomes revealed until the end of your opponent's turn. While this card is revealed by this effect, set cards on the field cannot be destroyed by card effects. If a Spell Trap card is activated, except during the damage step, you can Special Summon this card from your hand. Then if you activated this effect while this card was revealed, you can reveal and set one Spell Trap directly from your deck, but banish it during the end phase of the next turn. You can only use one Lord of the Heavenly Prison effect per turn and only once that turn. But, this card is insane and like we said, Eldlitch, Altergeist, Trap B.A. uh, Just any number of decks, really.
2: I just played against Trap Tricks earlier today. They activated it and they set uh, what is it? Fusion Destiny from their deck. (laughs) man. That was pretty cool. Um, I played against some guy live he was on like a layer of darkness build, and he used it. Um, he used it to set like uh, an extrav on the next turn, but he also used it because it's like a high level. It's a high attack dark monster, and he was playing uh, Eradicator Epidemic Virus.
0: Right. Oh, so that was like a blowout. Yeah.
2: He also used his uh, his DPE for Eradicator. Also,
0: that's really cool. That's that's really cool. Yeah, and um, that
2: deck plays, like, uh, back to the front and other cards that might just revive a random dark monster, so giving up DPE for Eradicator was always worth it for him.
0: Right, right, right. So, I think Lord of the Heavenly Prison's a great call right there. That card is so strong. And, uh, really, it brings us back to... Uh, I would love to talk about Eldritch for a minute. The Eldritch deck is another one to look out for in this event. That, uh, I mean, you could be looking at an Eldlitch deck running, like, two Golden Lords or maybe three, whatever. Two Lord of the Heavenly Prison, like one or two Ecclesias, and then just trap cards. Run three extravagance, whatever else you feel like you need. Fill your extra deck with a bunch of whatever. Yeah, I mean, probably run... Um, I think there's some cards that... So you can run, like, Punishment and stuff, and if you're running something like Tri Brigade Ferjit... You can punishment and send Jeet to the graveyard. Draw one and then put one on bottom. Right. And it helps filter your deck. Um, when Pegasus add an Ign- Ignister for a pop. Right. So having punishment in that deck is really versatile and really worth using. So that's a great call, Benji. I, I didn't even think to mention. I like before the podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about Eldritch. Nah, I totally forgot. That's That's <laughs> a good call right there.
2: Yeah. Um, I've definitely had a lot of trouble dealing with that card. It kind of blanks Lightning Storm a lot and uh, kind of making Evenly like a better call currently. Um, Because every deck is affected by Evenly to some extent. Um, Right. But Evenly just blanks your own battle phase. So, you know, you got to choose what you want to be blanked on.
0: So Uh, do you think that if you're specifically siding Back Row Hate for Back Row decks, would that be like a major factor that plays into your decision is maybe... Instead of running Lightning Storms, if you have them run evenly's, or instead of running Twin, you might run Cosmic.
2: I'm definitely on Evenly currently, just as a side option, just because uh, um, it plays around like Imperial Order. So if it's like a trap deck that's on Imperial Order, you don't have to worry about running into IO or the, or the Heavenly Prison.
1: True, um, yeah, that's true. Cosmic's
2: a card I've kind of given up on a long time ago. Um, with the exception of Eldritch, where you actually deal with the card on a more permanent basis, I've never really cared enough to play Cosmic over like a twin. Um, I think more coverage is often just more required than uh, banishing a card. Um, right. I do wonder if people start playing Lancia out evenly because I've it's been it's so recently I've been people going to battle phase all of a sudden for nothing. It's so random. Kind of totally got uh, out of the habit of getting even lead that I just don't plan for it anymore. It just just ruins my day.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, that's a great call. Lord of the Heavenly Prison is an awesome card. Um, There was one card in particular that I really wanted to talk about and to discuss. Um, But I got distracted by Lord of the Heavenly Prison, and now I don't... Oh, I do remember what it was, actually. I just remembered. I want to talk a little bit about Ross Fear Mode. Oh, man, I love that card. And sure, I say Ross Fear Mode specifically, but I would like to also talk about things like Lava Golem, Kaijus, things of that sort.
1: I just call the entire archetype of, I'm going to attribute your
0: field to summon this monster as the Kaijus. Yeah, the, the entire like idea of it, like the entire concept. Yeah. Which is funny because Lava Golem did it first. Yeah. But I really think that there's something to that especially in a format like I've mentioned where it's all Build-A-Board type cards, there's... And usually three or more monsters are just kind of sitting there, chilling.
2: Yeah, just... but it's, it's so random. Every deck is a little different. You can't rely on Sphere Mode specifically being a live card. Like, hitting three cards is always going to be, like, an iffy thing. Like, uh, Sword Soul often will end on two monsters, not three. Um, the only deck that really hits three every
0: time is, like, the Lyrilisk deck. Well, Lyrilisk... Phantom Knight usually has at least three. Yeah, assuming that um, I'll just pop them in the draw phase to, to to scythe you. Also true. Um the Drytron deck will do that. Um I feel like there's Virtual World. Does Virtual World end on three? Um, I think the
2: full board does if they have a uh, Kaliga plus Crystal Wing plus Shen Shen.
0: But yeah, I find they don't
2: usually get full board. Like they end on like Crystal Wing and like M7 sometimes.
0: Right. I still think it's an interesting choice. I think it's worth exploring. <laughs> I just had a hilarious thought. So it,
1: it is related to what we're talking about. So in Trappaguer Lusk, you know how you know how they can absolutely OTK you because you left a monster on board in attack mode. Sure. So it's like, oh, I have two monster in defense mode, just treated them both off for a lava golem attacking the lava golem for game. Now that oh, you think they should awesome. play
2: it? That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean granted you have to hard draw the lava golem to do that and going second. But it's still hilarious <laughs> to think about.
2: <laughs> it's just always funny when they start using the recital star the recital starlings to increase your monster's attack. It just feels weird. Like, hmm, something's wrong here. Why are you making my yeah, monster yeah, bigger?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That yeah, like that, yeah, because like the only because, like, with Alva golem, you don't have to worry about that. Because he's already big enough. Um, and in that particular instance, is if they target a monster with exactly 800 or more uh, attack points. Right. Because then, at that point, they're trying to boost to get that little bit extra to, for the OTK.
0: It's definitely worth noting. But, yeah, attributing to their monster, give them a lava golem, just attack into it. And then,
1: even if it doesn't kill them, they'll be... Probably, probably
0: the lava golem burn, burn on their standby will finish them off. I would... So, I'd like to take a small moment also to have a little bit of discussion about what we think the end results of this event will be. So, if it's possible, I would love to hear a top 32 prediction. From each mm. of us. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Um, write it down? I am. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to get out a piece of paper. And I have a pen here. Just so that I can track how many of each of these I've said. And like the number of each of these monsters that is. Or the number of each of these decks. Now I can like add it up and make sure I have 32. So let me grab a pen and paper. Uh, you two keep talking. Yeah. Uh. Hmm.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, just real quick, going back to that thing, though, like, the only of uh, the kaijus, though, the only one that you can't just tribute off and then just attack into for game is literally Ross Fear because you can't attack into it.
2: Yeah, you can't, tar- you can't target it for attacks, you can't actually attack into it. Actually, uh, my favorite thing about it, which is always funny, is just, uh, if people have given it to me before, you can make an Almirage with it, because it's a <laughs> normal monster with a thousand or less attack. Um... And uh, I always play Infernoid, so it's always, like, funny. So, like, uh, they give me this level 10 effect monster, like, "Uh uh-huh, you can't summon any Infernoids. And then I'm like, "Uh uh-huh,
1: it's it's an Almirage target. Yeah, it's an Almirage now. Something fun, something funny, something else funny I always always want to do is I want to get into a situation where everyone is running Raw Sphere mode just so they Raw Sphere mode, and they're like, ha-ha, should be Raw Sphere mode for Wing Dragon to Raw out of my deck. (laughs) I've seen
2: it before. It happened at the... uh, that's where Goki Extra Link was a thing because you really needed the, uh, you really needed the Sphere Mode really badly back then. So it was it wasn't that crazy for a raw to be in your side deck. Um, I mean, it was probably a bad idea, but it, it, I saw it happen once or twice. It was it was really funny.
1: Oh yeah, no, just a free. What what level are the Egyptian gods? Level twelve. Um, I, I think, think they're, they're all level twelve. I think they might be ten. Actually. Yeah, just a big, big old free beat stick. A big old bungus. Yeah. And your opponent thought they were punishing you and you just they just gave you free beat stick. Let's go.
2: Yeah, they're level <laughs> 10. I just want to do
1: it. Kind of piggybacking off your idea of the, you know, I'm just going to turn to an almirage. Yeah, um.
2: Uh, I, I, you know, I always thought that, uh, what's his name? Gardarla, the wind kaiju would have been a little bit more useful, but you know, people kind of moved away from barrier statue. Like Lyrilus doesn't even play wind barrier statue anymore.
1: Uh, it's because a lot of decks are maining wind monsters now. Yeah. There's a speedroid deck that no one's playing really. That's pretty good though. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean flow under ease and then opposing, uh, bird up decks. Don't well, flow under ease doesn't special at all. So it's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, opposing uh, tri- bird up decks are also all wind. So, what's the point? Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: then I, then personally,
1: the, I personally, I personally, my bird up, up itself is also
2: summoning the ensemble blue to kind of like deal with the normal summons anyway. Uh, its effect only triggers on special summon. Oh yeah. Well, um, you kind of have to like out it before doing all the special summons. So, like in a sense, it's sort of floodgating special summons. You know, it's know... it's like technically a floodgate. On special summons, in a technical sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It, it. It's because it does the bounce as long as it has materials, because it is a once per turn. And if the, your opponent, for some reason, is only doing it once per turn, you essentially can do it forever because exactly of Celestine Wagtail.
2: You can always just attach itself to an exe monster.
1: Yep. To a, I think, actually, I think it specifies it's, it's got to be like a winged beast or something.
0: Um, Hang on, I actually well, have a
1: copy of it, like, right here. Uh nope, it has to be a Alur Lusk.
0: It has to be a Alerlusk exceed. But yeah, you just keep attaching and detaching over and over again.
2: All right. I'm trying to pull up some like regional top results from like uh, M 40's channel. He posts like some lists here and there just to get some ideas for some other decks that people might actually bring up.
1: Oh,
2: there we go. Okay,
1: we've got a whole down. top thirty two already? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, write my, da- I'll sure write my down real quick while you do
0: that. I mean, I just have like a I have just like have a general breakdown of what I think my top thirty-two will be. I've been kind of thinking about it while you two talk amongst yourselves. Um but I'm gonna wait until you two also have your top thirty-two before All I right. say mine. Yeah, i two talk while I come up with mine then. <laughs> All right. Um now I gotta like make up some numbers
2: also for what would make sense. All right, like thirty-two PK.
0: Uh yeah Uh, listen listen there's 32 pk decks okay just (laughs) trust yes this seems to be the way it works right um
2: it looks just like
0: four pure dangers um, one math mech uh two marinces. right right um one thunder dragon player who will get kicked out in top sixteen when they realize he's still playing two Colossus? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, there's like been like some
2: weird Machina decks being played. I don't know if you've
0: seen them. The
2: pure Machina deck is really funny to me. Is it like better or worse than Earth Machine? Is like the thing I don't really
0: know. I feel like it's similar. It exists. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse than pure earth machine. The, the decks struggle in the same place. They don't really put up much of a turn one board. So it's like, just if you, if you're going to play earth machine, just go second in OTK, you know, uh, just, just play some board breaker cards and understand what you're doing. Um, it's like, oh, cool! My opponent went full combo, and their end board is an Infinitrack Harvester. Oh no! You know, uh, yeah, that deck always like is weird. It just draws a bunch of cards, and then uh, sets like two, and ends on hand traps, and it's, you don't know exactly what's going on. Right. Do you think that this that this event in particular will have any lasting meta impact as far as the upcoming ban list is concerned?
2: I don't know. I feel like everything that's new hasn't been around long enough to hit. And um, you're really going to just hit Phantom Knights? And like what else is like old that's still being played? Uh, invoked? Um, invoked, Phantom hey, well, Knights? You
0: said Invoked, and I realized I needed to edit my list because I forgot a deck. <laughs> I didn't. Well, yeah, we're talking about it. Of course you didn't forget to put it on your list.
1: I really already before y'all even said it.
0: Oh, Okay. all right, all right. Well, time to cut some
2: rogue decks from my list. Well, I'm just throwing a bunch of random decks I've seen that have been
0: topping here and there.
1: Oh, I just have an other section that's like it's like one of this, one of this, one of this. Yeah,
0: but I listed out what my one of's are. I ain't doing that. You're like, I have 12 others. (laughs) Eight, actually. (laughs) I have eight decks that are just whatever I whatever I I want them to be. I have I reserve the right to get everything else right. And when I didn't call the eight correct, I said other. I've got it Technically right. Technically nine, but I'm being very specific about one of them. Oh, Okay, I I know a deck that is already, but no, you don't. Definitely dolce. No, it's not. It's
1: definitely
0: <laughs> scribbles on the list. <laughs> Goes to mess with the list. <laughs> Give me the pen back. I'm actually going to make changes to my list now. Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting. Uh, so this nope. won't be there. I'm going to cut this down. I'm going to cut that down. So that goes to that. That goes to that.
2: Anyone have a list?
0: <laughs> oh, yes, my, my list is ready. I'll go
1: ahead and while Sonny's doing his that I'll go ahead and read out mine. So I'm thinking we're going to have <clears throat> about seven bird ups, six sword soul, four dry Tron, three tri brigade, that's non-Lyralisk variants. So pure tri Pure Tri-Brigade and all the, its variants. Uh, three Eldlich, one Medolce, and then like eight of like... Whatever. Whatever else. Uh, and, you know, various Invoked decks, various... Because, you know, now Invoked is more than just Shadal Dogmatica, which is crazy. Uh, uh, MIT, the Machina deck. You know, stuff like that. Just random other... Little one of you might. Hey, you might even see like a random pure Lira in there somewhere. Yeah, I I I
0: haven't really seen
2: the I haven't seen the pure Lira in a while. I think I've seen one list ever.
0: Uh, I've seen a couple. I had it in my top, but I cut it. Okay, I finished mine. I'm going to do mine last, though, because. Mine's a little weird, so fair, Benji, if you have yours, I will let you go ahead and say yours.
2: Yeah, I've got, like, nine Phantom Knight, nine Sword Soul, a couple of Striker with DPE, maybe one or two Virtual World, uh, one or two Tri Brigade, like, regular Tri Brigade with maybe DPE in them, maybe a floanderes, some Invoked, and then I feel like every tournament's had, like, one gen- generally random, like, control deck. Like, I've seen, like, an Orcus list just, like, make it with just, like, a bunch of traps in it. Uh, I don't know.
0: Some random trap control deck. Could be Eldlitch. Could be anything. So, mine is really diverse. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen 10, 11, 12, 13 different decks topping. I have 6 Sword Soul, 6 Bird Up, 3 PK, 2 Drytron, 2 Virtual World, 2 Pure Tri Brigade, um, 1 Madolche, because i really think that deck is actually kind of good and i'm confident that somebody will use that lost world list to actually make some waves one fluffle because i have confidence in giant skyhawk specifically two eldlitch one sky striker one machina infinitrack because i do not think that deck is good but i think somebody will get lucky one Fluanderese and three Dogmatica invoke Shadal. Interesting. I mean, it's a list. Um, It's a very specific list that I'm going to save this piece of paper to see how close I get, because I'm actually really interested to see how close I can get.
1: Oh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about at the end of the... Uh, you know, whenever we cut to top 32 of this.
2: Oh, we'll all be wrong. It'll just be that crooked cook Exodia deck, and... uh
1: exactly. Oh, no, don't, don't, <laughs> no, don't do this to me. Do not... Not like not these. sell this into
0: existence.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess that won't work. Someone will cheat and just grab a kaiju and say, hey, I have a kaiju.
0: Yeah. Reach off to the side. Wow, I, I'm so glad that I had this the entire time.
2: Conveniently on my deck list. No one check.
0: <laughs> no deck checks, please. <laughs> hold on, hold on. pulls lo- just starts
1: looking through, like, their tents and stuff. Hold on, it's right here somewhere. Uh, Denkosaka.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't say that too loud. That's that's happened. I know. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for podcast discussion. I mean, for a podcast. Wow. For a YCS discussion. Thank you so much, everybody for participating. What I do want us to do though, before we leave is the podcast question of the day. Yeah, boy. So the podcast question that I had last time was what is your favorite set release from the last year? So I'm just going to rattle off the answers because we actually had quite a few answers. Uh, so thank you everybody for that answered. Uh, we have Lightning Overdrive. That's cool, of course. The Megatons and Max Gold. Synchro Storm, Bursts of Destiny. Max Gold and Burst of Destiny. Uh, nothing. Nothing was too impactful for me. I'm just going to say, there was a lot of impactful stuff released this year. Brothers of Legend, Dawn of Majesty. New Starter stuff is pretty cool. Max Gold. It is a lot of cool collector stuff in there. Brothers of Legend. More Burst of Destiny. More Burst of Destiny. The Megatins, more Burst of Destiny. E- Eternity Code is a weird pick for a set release this year. Yeah. As is Phantom Rage. Ah, that's interesting. Um, Burst of Destiny, more Burst of Destiny. You know, I'm getting the feeling that people like Burst of Destiny.
2: Well, it's finally oh. the set that actually brought new archetypes out there. And I mean, like, uh, I'm not really playing new decks, but the only card
0: that I'm really playing from this year is uh, DPE. Right, right. That's fair. <laughs> um, in the Discord server, we have a couple of people saying Max Gold. We have a Synchro Storm. All of the, every set released in the last year, including Genesis Impact at the end of 2020. Fair. Um, so th- this one has a long story that goes with it, but Synchro Storm was the choice. Um, Dawn of Majesty, more Synchro Storm, and the one answer King's Court. I gotta say, I love the King's Court pick. That set was sneakily very cool. Mm-hmm. so um benji what's your pick from favorite set release of the last year
2: um i don't know I, like i mentioned the only card i really like have been playing that was like printed in the past year is dpe i guess lightning storms are in king's court and i did pick those up but uh for the most part all the really good cards came out last year um in like phantom rage and uh rise of the duelist um yeah that's fair so I, I guess just based on new cards, it has to be Burst of Destiny, because uh, a lot of other things are just mostly reprints. Um, th- these recent sets have been pretty good. There's a lot to actually purchase. Like, if if you wanted a specific like high value card in every set, there's like something to pull. Um, between Synchro Storm, Brothers, and uh, Burst,
0: um, is there something else to buy right now that's out? Um, Synchro Storm, Burst of Destiny, Brothers of legend and max gold and maybe you can still find some mega tens oh i have two cases i haven't opened and can't get rid of
2: that's (laughs)
0: tough. yeah those were really hot on release
2: yeah they were um i was
0: hoping or more diamond hands hold well the new podcast question today is what deck do you think will win the ycs i'm making my call now i think it's bird up
1: yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Bird Up. Bird Up will also win.
2: Uh, yeah, I can get on board with Birds. Um, I don't really think it's gonna come. It might be Sword Soul, but probably Birds.
1: In my opinion, it's gonna be
0: a coin flip between Bird and Sword Soul. Yeah, so I'll officially take Sword Soul. I mean, shoot, dang it! I just, I was thinking about it. I'll officially take Bird Up as my pick to win the YCS, even though we won't have an actual answer for what won until uh, January 22nd or 23rd. Yeah. Oh, yeah sure that's,
2: that must be an awful feeling to have to like play the same deck. If you're not happy with it after a couple of weeks, like that happened in the previous YCS.
0: Yeah. Oh, what's even, what's even worse is that there's a, going to be a ban list in between this YCS and the in pl- the finals of the next one. Like in the fi- like this YCS is going to happen this weekend. And then the ban list is no sooner than January 17th. And then you'll have the playoffs for this YCS happening in the next format. Yep. That's kind of gross.
2: All that time just to make sure everyone gets their camera setups to look nice on stream, right?
0: Yep. Right. Well, that'll wrap us up for today's episode. Benji, where can people find your awesome content, which, by the way, I didn't say that earlier. I think that the Legacy Crusaders YouTube channel is one of the most helpful and informative channels that there is, especially for newer and returning players, which we have a lot of in our listener base. I cannot describe enough how important and impactful that is for a returning player to be able to just sit down watch a few matches of an important meta deck or whatever deck is on that day. It'll be relevant. To be able to sit down and watch those and understand what's happening with that deck is crucial. So, Benji, where can people find you and your content? You can find me at
2: youtube.com slash Legacy Crusaders and you should see new uploads maybe once a week, hopefully, when things get back on track for me. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's twitter.com slash legacy crusaders. And, uh, yeah, if you want to play some duels, you know, come to the top cut discord. That's usually the discord I'm in the most.
0: Hey, love to hear it. (laughs) So thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple. If you are on an Apple device listening on the, uh, the Apple podcasts player. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcasts. Be sure to check out our Patreon if that's something that you're into. Check out our Discord. The link will be in the description below for that. Check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. They are our sister channel on YouTube, and they provide event coverage of the events that we go to. And, of course, once again, check out our sponsor, ETB Games. Their link will be in the description below. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and have a wonderful day. Take care, everyone.
2: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.